This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boom, the boys are back, and boy, oh boy, uh, what a game, what a game Monday night was. Um, look, I would have loved to do, to do an episode uh, and get it to you guys Tuesday morning. I know there was a little bit of a demand uh, for some K-State podcast Tuesday morning, but uh, it took it took forever to get out of the parking lot, and then... Uh, Stayed the night in Topeka, and you know I'm sorry, but here we are on Wednesday talking about uh, a, a great game that was. There, there's nothing quite like Sunflower Supremacy um, taking down uh, KU in Wichita. Of course, uh, still have one more, at least one more with KU later this year, but we're not going to worry about that right now. Uh, we'll talk about the game. We'll talk about the atmosphere. We'll we'll talk about kind of the uh, total reaction to the game uh, from both sides of the fan base, uh, or both fan bases, um, from national media, local media, and then we'll talk about what's next. Um, because look, I'm, I'm never going to turn my nose up at beating KU in anything, let alone men's basketball. Um, but if you can't parlay this into uh, getting to the NCAA tournament, if you can't get hot here and uh, get get like like I said, it really is NCAA tournament or bust. I we talked uh, on Monday show that hey, there are some very real reasons why this team has struggled that are out of the hands of Jerome Tang and this coaching staff. Um, but I I don't believe that there's any scenario in which not making the NCAA tournament 
uh, can make this a successful year. So um, if you come out flat versus BYU, if you can't get it done at home rest, rest of the way, if you can't be on the right side of the bubble come selection Sunday, yes, this is going to be a nice, fun little memory. Um, but it's going to be all for naught. So, so we're going to talk about all that today. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, we are sponsored by, we, we have two great sponsors. We're going to start with Charlie Hustle. Charlie Hustle, uh, look, they were even at the game on Saturday. Uh, you saw it on their socials. I think I saw the uh, the marketing team and the owners from afar. Looked like they had some pretty good seats down on the floor. Look, Charlie Hustle rides for K-State. I see the Charlie Hustle. I was wearing my Lavender Charlie Hustle hoodie at the game. I saw all sorts of Charlie Hustle crew necks, t-shirts, the varsity jackets. Look, there has always been all these complaints from K-State fans like, oh, why isn't there great K-State gear from this company? Oh, why isn't there something from that company? Folks, Charlie Hustle knows what Wildcat fans want. Hell, they're partnering with the Alumni Association for an awesome t-shirt. So if you're an Alumni Association member, check out the K-State Alum, uh, Alumni Association website. They are for K-State. They're for the Big 12. They're for the region. I don't want to throw shade at any big companies. I don't want to throw shade at any company. But they're right here in Kansas City. They care about this region of people. They they legitimately care about K-State. They're at the game. They're running advertisements on K-State Radio Network. They've been sponsoring this show. This is the third season that they've done something with us. And spoiler alert, I think they're going to be back next year. So they care about you. We should care about them. They're putting out the best-looking stuff, the most comfortable stuff. I, I truly couldn't imagine going to a K-State game not rocking Charlie Hustle. So get over to charliehustle.com today. Find yourself your new favorite sweatshirt, your new favorite hoodie, some joggers. Chauncey has a dog collar from Charlie Hustle. They are the best. And look, if you're cheering for the same team I am on Sunday... If that game goes the way we want, if Echo Boido and Felix Inudike Uzama get some rings, some big old rings, I bet you they're going to have some pretty cool stuff on their Sunday as well. So check out charliehustle.com. If you live here in Kansas City and you need something to wear on Sunday, get down to their shop in the Country Club Plaza and make sure you're styling and profiling. You look good, feel good, cheer good. Charlie Hustle, vintage made fresh. Shout out to Charlie Hustle, helping take care of us, and we're trying to help take care of you guys. I, I'm I'm wearing another Charlie Hustle sweatshirt as I as I'm recording this. I'm not kidding. This is like the ad reads done. I, I I truly wear their their sweatshirts and hoodies from about late September until June. They're truly so comfortable, and then you know I have a bunch of their t-shirts. My entire closet's Charlie Hustle at this point. All right, let's talk about the game. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the atmosphere. We'll talk about the fan reaction, the not storming the court, the chant stuff. We'll, we'll talk about that here all in a little bit. But K-State wins in overtime 75-70. to 70. So, look, uh, anyone who follows me on Twitter, and I, I'm so much better at football games of just putting my phone away. Um, and uh, just embracing all the moments. But there's something about basketball. I'm 
more reactionary. I'm more emotional. So I, I mean, I was riding every single high and low um, that you possibly could. And uh, look, the first half, uh, you know, you, you did a good job preventing KU from going on a big run. You kept things close at halftime. And, and I was thinking to myself, you know what? Uh, I'm okay being down two. Uh, I, I would have liked to be in the lead. But, you know, all in all, I'm feeling good about this game. And then I was, it was like, <laughs> same old, same old for this season. Uh, KU absolutely comes out of the locker room and, and blitzes K-State. And, and I think it gets to an 11-point lead. Nine-point lead, 11-point lead, one of those two. It, it was a big lead. And, and I'll tell you what, I, I was down in the dumps. We had an out-of-bounds play, I think, with like seven seconds left on the shot clock. Couldn't get anything. I was down bad. I was down bad. I was sitting up in my seat section two. Uh, and I was just thinking to myself, man, you know, we're going to let this one get away from us. And for all intents and purposes, uh, it, it ends the season when you want to talk about NCAA tournament. Um, now, nothing's official. You know, we, we have what? Uh, nine games left. Eight games left. Eight games left. So even if it doesn't go your way, no, the season isn't truly over. But all intents and purposes, you're running out of opportunities, and you, you're you're really painting yourself into a corner if you if you don't get that done. And sure enough, K State goes on a run uh, to get this game tied back, and a lot of it was on the shoulders of Tyler Perry, and he's the first individual player I want to talk about. Uh, I have zero doubts in my mind, zero doubts in my mind. There will be games and there will be episodes of this podcast where uh, fans and myself will sit here and say, what the hell was that from Tyler Perry? Why why did he turn the ball over? And honestly, he doesn't even turn the ball over that much compared to the rest of the team. The entire team still turns the ball over way too much and, and Monday night was not... Uh, any different, but there's going to be a game where Tyler Perry has seven points and is two of, you know, 12 from three point 100%. I am not naive enough. I'm not going to fall into the trap and think, all right, you know, Tyler Perry's back. He's going to be a 40% three point shooter rest of the way. Um, no, I, I am not going to fall into that trap, but Tyler Perry Played great. You know, 4 of 10 from 3-point. Uh, it was, what, 3 of 5 uh, from 2-point. Uh, Some of those 2-point shots, um, absolutely circus shots. And honestly, he, <laughs> he does not get a whistle at all. This guy is just getting just pounded, just tackled at the rim. And doesn't get some of these calls. And quite frankly, it is annoying as all hell. Uh, he was mixing it up for one of the big plays late in the game. Uh, he's credited with an offensive rebound tip-in. Uh, I mean, it, it looked like Mi- Mr. Dixon. Uh, that That's uh, Hunter Dickinson. Uh, or Dickskin, if you're a uh, Letter Kenny fan. Uh, he, he, he obviously tipped it in. But... 
<laughs> uh, Tyler Perry gets credit for that. I think that was uh, his final field goal. Then he hits free throws down the stretch, and he got to the free throw line uh, nine times, which is so important for him in his game. But Tyler Perry had a massive game. Tyler Perry uh, played up to the expectations, played up to the ranking, and played up to his ultimate potential in that game. And K-State was going to need someone to do that, to to have that uh, not quite 30-point game, but 26-point game. Uh, that was always something that was going to need to happen uh, for uh, K-State to come out on top in this game. And he did it. And I was happy for him. Uh, you could see it in the post game. Like he, it felt like a weight had been lifted off his shoulder. And look, um, I, I think in modern college athletics, I think it is more than fair game to be hypercritical uh, of of these players when when they're not living up to expectations, uh, they are now getting paid uh, a, a handsome sum of money. Uh, so it's not like when we started this podcast where we we attempted not very well uh, as someone who who is way too tough on Dean Wade uh, in the early days of this show. Um, but I, I think it is more than fair some of the ire some of the frustration from the fan base. But he had one of those iconic games. Now I'm hoping it's one of those iconic games where he, he's never going to reach the level of Marquise Noel or anything. But I'm hoping that this is an iconic game that helps spur on a big end to the season. And this win and that performance just doesn't go the way of uh oh man who, who is that point guard uh see i'm even forgetting his name the, the point guard big game back in 2015 uh side by side with marcus foster see i can't even remember who it was nigel johnson it was nigel johnson um I, i'm hoping you know it, it this isn't just like oh hey remember remember that uh remember that game Versus KU, where Tyler Perry went off, and and now Tyler Perry ha- has had some massive moments this season, so he's already eclipsed Nigel Johnson. Uh, b- but I'm hoping this is this does spur him on. Now I, I'm not expecting it. I'm gonna hold out some hope, but he truly did have a, an elite level type game. A oh, he can be a dude kind of game, and uh, you absolutely needed it. And he went the distance. He played 45 minutes. I thought his defense, for the most part, foul. Had three turnovers, uh, only four assists. And, and again, when, when you look at the assist numbers, even as a team, only 15 assists on 24 made uh, field goals. Honestly, that's not that bad. Um, so he, he had he had a quality night, five rebounds. And, and I, I truly do think that he lived up to that expectation, that gaudy uh, you know, hype that was put on him. And I think he came through. Now he he was quiet in the first half. It wasn't it was not an O for half, but I think maybe he had like five six points at halftime, and he so he he went off uh, in the second half. So there's something about him that uh, he he seems to only be good for being a superstar one half out of a game. Uh, but look, I'm I'm gonna take that every every day of the week. You, you put a those numbers, you play like that, you play that good in one half, I'll deal with the other half. It's frustrating, but I'll deal with it. Cam Carter was the one who really came out on fire in the first half. I think he hit 
two of his first three three pointers, three of seven from three, four of five from the free throw line. Uh, looks like he was three of seven from two point. He led the team and was tied. No, actually, he, he was number two for total game rebounds. Uh, Mr. Dickinson had 12. Cam Carter had 11. 11 rebounds from Cam Carter. 19 and 11. Again, he was scrappy. And, and I think he has to be the guy who carries the banner for being a K-State guy, for uh, having that uh, culture, for having that buy-in, being that legacy Wildcat player. Because, again, you know, David Gasson is there, and David Gasson played 26 minutes, and David Gasson played plenty last year. But I think Cam Carter has to be that guy who forges forward with what it means to be a Wildcat. Now, I'm hoping he is back next year. I don't think I don't think you can count on anything in modern college basketball, guys, you know, just getting up and going to the highest bidder, all that type of stuff. But I'm hoping he is back next year and is able to really ascend to even another level, be be a first-team all-conference uh, contending player, maybe find his voice a little bit. But he, when he's out there and he's playing tough, again, still four turnovers. Arthur Kaluma had three turnovers. Um Day-Day Ames had two turnovers. Will McNair had three turnovers. So, again, you turn the ball over too much. But 19 points, 11 rebounds, great defense. Uh, Tyler Perry was credited with two steals. Cam Carter was credited with one steal, one block as well. Um, and he was he, he was the guy who he wasn't beating his chest. He wasn't trying to hype the crowd up. But he played with that energy, and he came out of the blocks and really helped K-State get off to that good start in the first half. And he made some plays down the stretch as well. Again, Cam Carter has been the most consistent guy this season. Cam Carter, I think, has been the best player so far this season. Uh, Consistently start to finish. Uh, And and I've been so pleasantly surprised. Again, I, I was someone who was nervous about putting on so much of a scoring and offensive dependent role on Cam coming into this season, and, and, and game by game, especially when K-State wins, Cam Carter almost always is having a big game. And, and this is another one that goes into the books for him. I want to talk about Arthur Kaluma. One of six from three, uh, but he was perfect from the free throw line. He was three of five from two point. Grabs uh, eight total rebounds, had two assists, one steal. And, and look, he did not have a good game. Arthur Kaluma. Did not have a good game. He got into double-digit scoring, a few rebounds shy of, of a double-double. But his shots weren't falling, and that was frustrating. That, that that was a game where if Arthur Kaluma has a typical shooting night for him, because that was a bad shooting night for Arthur. Uh, he's been our highest three-point uh, percent shooting uh, player so far this year. If he has even a typical night, that game is not going to overtime. K-State's winning that. Uh, by probably six or seven in regulation. But what he did near the end of regulation and overtime, he was making hustle plays. And I I think we saw uh, in bigger moments him play some pretty good defense as well. And the encouraging part, at least from where I sit, uh, seeing Arthur Kaluma not um, just kind of go into a shell to have those hustle plays because that is what the team was missing in, in that loss down in uh, Stillwater. That's what the team was missing the entire game versus Oklahoma when they just came out 
and, and really just big dicked you. And, and K State played with no emotion. Um, and that's what they need to do. They have to play with that emotion. And I, I've said it. I've said it on the show. You, you can't expect guys to be bought in playing to the max 10 out of 10 emotion uh, for 35 games a season. You can't. But you, you can't. You can't just tune it out and play at a two. You know, you have to give me an eight, and and I I'm worried. I I will probably be worried the entire season that if a guy misses first handful of shots, he's going to turn it down to two. Um, and it's impossible. It is impossible to play at a two in front of that crowd in that game. Um, so I think the bigger test is going to be the next time Arthur Kaluma starts off slow. Is he going to be able to make those hustle plays? Is he going to be able to snap himself out of it if the cheers aren't there and he's being booed by a BYU crowd or he's in front of a, a lackluster crowd at Cincinnati or, or wh- wherever? Um, so that's something I'll be interested to see. But again, he made some hustle plays. He got an offensive rebound and a putback. Um, that was absolutely massive uh, on the game. And those were your three guys in double-digit scoring. I was a little surprised that K-State was able to win that game without any, uh, uh, without a fourth person in double digits. But you got uh, six from Day-Day Ames in, in 23 minutes. And I thought Day-Day looked really good out there. And, and I'm hoping that's another step forward for him. Again, two assists, still two turnovers. Um, but he was two of four from the field. He hit his free throw. He hit his three-point shot. Um, I, I was pleased with that. David Gasson, five points in 26 minutes. He came off the bench, one of four from free throws, but he did grab seven total rebounds, had two assists, and a block as well. Will McNair, and, and I, I feel like, and again, I'm, I'm not saying Will McNair is an all-conference type player. I'm not saying Will McNair is even... Uh, Someone that you, you want to, to be playing as many minutes. I, I think ideally you would have someone better than Will McNair. But I think he gets too much hate. I, I think he's a punching bag on Twitter. I think he's a punching bag on uh, K-State Online. I get frustrated with him. He, he's a bit of a punching bag sometimes in some of my group chats. And he does turn the ball over too much. He, he's... Moving his feet, he, he gets called for moving screens. Again, he's not great, but he had three dunks. I mean, he was 3 of 7 in that game. I thought he played good defense uh, uh, on KU's bigs. He grabbed three rebounds, wasn't credited with a block, but he was battling there. Only got called for one foul. So, again, I, I think that in that game, Will McNair gave you everything you wanted. And, and I think that... Part of the reason why K-State was successful, and again, let's not get too carried away. Let's not get too carried away. KU's two bigs had 21 and 13 points, and they did have the leading rebounder. But, you know, K.J. Adams only had two rebounds. Furphy only had four. Uh, Kevin McCuller only had six. Again, K-State, I believe, out-rebounded KU by 10, 10 rebounds. So when you have Will McNair, when you have David Gasson, when you have Drell Colbert, who who got his second career start, be able to put bodies on those guys, clear out the lane so Cam Carter can come down and grab that rebound, they're doing their job. And, and I think all in all, Will McNair did his job. Uh, and he was the guy who went on post-game radio after uh, Jerome Tang uh, wrapped up with Stan and Wyatt. 
Uh, and then the final guy who played uh, only seven guy rotation, 16 minutes, but he started. I, I talked about it again. Drell Colbert, um, 0 of 2 from the free throw line, 0 of 2 from the field, only three rebounds, but he had three assists. He had a steal, he had two blocks. And I think he gave an extra level of athleticism on defense. I think he added an extra uh, dynamic uh, when KU was trying to come into the lane to their bigs to try to drive. And his length, his wingspan, his leaping ability made it tough and made it awkward and, and caused some problems for KU out there. Again, plus minus isn't... Uh, the best stat, but he had a great plus minus without scoring at all. So that 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 truly is wild, and I think that he will continue to get more minutes. Now, is Jerome Tang going to continue the starting lineup with Day Day Ames and Drell Colbert with the big three out there? Uh, is he going to get back to starting McNair and Gasson instead? I'm not sure. I don't have that answer for you. I'd like to see that that uh, starting five that we've seen the last two games. Um, I, I think I think the athleticism uh, that Colbert and Day Day Ames bring, I think it is worth it, and I, I like the idea of kind of, of not kind of of starting with four uh, guards and, and one big versus you know three guards, a power forward wing combo, and David Gasson and a big. So I hope we see see that keep going. Again, when you look at the total minutes. Uh, Day-Day Ames and uh, Drell Colbert played less total minutes than Gasson and Will McNair did. But I, I still like them starting and enforcing the issue. And I'll say this, and this is not an original thought. Derek Young uh, said it uh, on Case on Online on Twitter and uh, on his podcast, on his YouTube show. I think this game doesn't go to overtime if you have Drell Colbert out on the court for that final defensive stand. I don't think I don't think they're getting a free dunk. I think Colbert is able to uh, force them to find a second option on that play. So I, I think his defense was great. I hope we continue to see more minutes for Colbert, more minutes for Day Day Ames, and maybe that's the secret sauce here moving forward uh, for this game. All in all, I I, I I can't I cannot credit this team enough. I cannot give enough kudos to the players to Jerome Tang and his staff because uh, beating KU is tough no matter where you're playing them. And yes, uh, Self did get the better of K-State in that final uh, play uh, of regulation, their final play, um, and and we weren't able to get a real good shot uh, to try to win it in regulation. But being able to beat Bill Self in overtime, I think Jerome Tang has proven because look look at his record he's 1 and 0 against Calipari 1 and 0 against Izzo 3 and 0 against Scott Drew 1 and 1 uh 2 and 1 excuse me right now against Bill Self I mean that is an insane record against Hall of Fame coaches and I've been frustrated uh with Jerome Tang at times uh this season I I feel like there's been a little bit of uh, cop out. I, I feel like you know at times after the losses, I get frustrated with some of the stuff he says. And look, I, I think that's because I'm a dumb fan. I, I get frustrated uh, with coaches after losses and hearing kind of the coach speak stuff. Um, no matter who the coach is, no matter what the sport is. 
But Jerome Tang is the real deal. I I, think, I still think Jerome Tang is going to be the coach that wins a national title. And I think he's proven uh, as we're, what, one and three quarters way through uh, his first two seasons at, at, at K-State. I, I think he's proven that he has the X's and O's uh, pedigree or he has the ability to put coaches around him uh, to take that pedigree to go head-to-head with the best coaches in the game. Uh, so, so I think this is a massive feather uh, for Jerome Tang and his staff. Now, before I talk about the atmosphere, reactions, all that type of stuff, uh, how about Manhattan Brewing Company? Folks, Manhattan Brewing Company, best brewery in the state of Kansas. I'm pumped. I was able to see my guy, Jake, at halftime. I was getting some steps. I was nervous walking around the concourse, do a couple laps at halftime. I was able to slap hands with them. Look, Manhattan Brewing Company is the spot to be before, during, or after any K-State sporting event. Uh, They're going to have the big game up on all their TVs on Sunday. Uh, If you're in Manhattan, you want to watch. Hey, look, 9 p.m. tip-off, you know, drink a couple beers responsibly, watch K-State BYU in the the tap room, Uh, stop by before the K-State women play Oklahoma State at 4 o'clock. Honestly, it sounds great. I might have to stop by. I might have to get a you know a couple four packs and a crowler and, and, and head up to the women's game on Saturday. So if you see me, say hi. Um, look, they have all sorts of great events. I, I tweeted about some of them, uh, but but looking out beyond just this week, they have all sorts of fun stuff going on. On February thirteenth, they have their Fat Tuesday celebration. With uh, food from Pachilla Farm or Pachilli Farms, excuse me, they will have a special cask beer and hurricanes. It starts at five o'clock, February sixteenth. They got Fan Fave Fridays movies at uh, Wareham Hall. Uh, when Harry Met Sally, uh, Manhattan Brewing Company is running the bar and always have their special punch for the movies. Tickets are five dollars. Absolutely fun event. February 17th, the Love Stinks Anti-Valentine Celebration in the alley behind Manhattan Brewing Company. They're going to have specialty beers, cocktails, and games, as well as some pinatas. So go smash your ex's stuff and more. Uh, starts at 5 p.m. and will go till 10. It's going to be a free event. Uh, March 2nd, so hey, we're getting into March. They will be at the Kansas Craft uh, Brewers Expo in Lawrence. I will be there. It's a craft beer festival that benefits the Kansas Craft uh, Brewers Guild. It is one of the biggest beer fests in the state every year, so I'm going to be there. So come say hi to me in Lawrence uh, and and get some beer from our great friends at Manhattan Brewing Company. And they're always going to have some good times on March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. Also be on the lookout for the Frog Wizard Festival, a uh, festival hosted at NBC and in the alley featuring local bands and sponsored by El Bandido Yankee Tequila, owned by former K-State football player Jim Bob Morris. So that's going to start at 5 and runs till 10 p.m. Also, never too early to start talking about Cinco de, Ma- uh, de Mayo. Uh, on May 5th, DeMaio, excuse me, gosh, that was like the most white guy trying to speak Spanish thing in the world. And then Wing Wars, folks, it's all the way out in June 8th, but just be on the lookout. This is going to be such a fun event. Um, it's going to be a wing, uh, 
competition. Tickets, 10 bucks, gets you 10 tickets. One ticket equals one wing. There will be a uh, People's Choice Award and a Celebrity Judge Award. Again, that's all the way out in June. But these are all sorts of big, fun events at Manhattan Brewing Company. I'm going to be at the Wing Wars. I'm going to be at the Kansas Brewers uh, Craft Expo in Lawrence. I'm going to be at all sorts of these. So just be on the lookout. Always be following Manhattan Brewing Company on social for all their events. All right, let's talk atmosphere and, and all that type of stuff. Uh, I, I think it, I, I've said this. I've said this on other people's shows. I've said it on my own show. One night out of the year, Bramlage Coliseum is the number one atmosphere in college basketball. I, I truly believe Sunflower Showdown in Bramlage Coliseum is one of the best events in American sports, if you if you want to talk atmosphere. Um, I think it's probably the most underrated event. Um, because, you know, a bunch of random, like a sports blogger in New York isn't going to say, oh... I need to get to Manhattan, Kansas for, for K-State KU basketball. No. He's going to say, I need to get to the Rose Bowl. And I need to get to Duke, Carolina. And I need to be to the Iron Bowl and the Masters and the U. No. F- screw all that. Bramlage Coliseum for K-State KU. Um, it's the loudest basketball environment I, I've, I've been in. It, it's the most heated. It's the most passionate. Look, I'm not taking away... From Allen Fieldhouse and the Sunflower Show down there. I've been to a bunch of them. And as much fun as we like to poke, it's always a fun time in Allen Fieldhouse. It's a good atmosphere. But nothing in the Big 12, nothing in the state of Kansas, nothing in college basketball touches Bramlage Coliseum uh, for Sunflower Showdown. You have, what, 4,500 students in there. Um, You know, close to half the arena is students. It's going nuts. Um, living and dying with every play, just the pure passion, the love for the cats and hatred for KU. It's second for none. Sandstorm, absolutely elite. Uh, they cut the lights, the flashlights on the phone. It's, it's amazing into swag surf. Hey, I liked it. I don't think the, the Bramlage DJ does a great job, but that was executed perfectly granted KU went on a 4-0 run to tie the game immediately after but hey whatever we had our sandstorm moment it was great um there there, I think there's probably like close to 800 KU fans in there my little brother and his wife included um you know they they were they were loud during KU's warm-ups they were they were loud and at a couple moments um, but I think that kind of makes for it. Again, you have your scattered pockets of KU fans who, who are getting getting chirpy, getting a little loud. Uh, but then they leave sad in, in that moment after the game. No court rush. I think that's dumb. Jerome Tang talks about how, oh, they don't storm it in North Carolina. Do, yes, they do. It is stormed everywhere. And KU fans, oh, it's never, never court stormed in Lawrence. No, they stormed it when they beat Texas back in like 2003 or something like that. I think it's dumb. Let the kids rush the court, but whatever. Um, do, I mean, look, they, Jerome Tang, if you keep winning, you can tell the students to do whatever you want. Uh, there are a couple of FKE chants. Eh, whatever. Again, doesn't bother me at all, uh, especially when you're playing KU. I know it frustrates some of the other folks out there. That's fine. I'm not going to tell you how to feel. I just personally don't care. Uh, then again, national reaction to it is, hey, K-State back on the bubble. 
Uh, Joe Lenardi has us now into content or uh, consideration. Um, led off Sports Center Scott Van Pelt, Jerome Tang uh, doing live interview, uh, all sorts of stuff all over social media. This is great. This is what builds the brand. This is what continues to get K State back into the front, uh, you know, frontal lobe of, of basketball fans everywhere. Um, having games like this, having atmospheres like this all builds into creating K-State to be the program, the brand uh, that that we all want it to be, to start competing for better players uh, in the portal and in uh, high school ranks. Uh, It helps get NIL donations. It helps get Ahern Fund donations. It it was the perfect night, um, and and I absolutely loved it. Um, Always rich to see KU fans on Twitter crying about the referees. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my God, I, I, I log on to Twitter, uh, you know, over lunch today because I, I, I did not go seeking out stuff. I was just on my own timeline and tweeting through all my big emotions during the game. But, man, seeing the, the referee discourse from KU fans, my God. And one of the screen grabs are using, like, oh, w- w- what about a lane violation? Ignoring the fact that they had two players already in the lane as well. It. You can't reason with some of these people. And again, there's awesome KU fans. Uh, you know, again, I, I love my brother, my mom, my aunt. Uh, they're good KU fans. You know, folks folks don't like them, but I like the Ain't No Seats boys. Uh, congrats to them going back independent again. Um, I, I think there are some very good KU fans out there. But there's just some bottom-of-the-barrel trash I'm not even going to repeat some of the stuff that was tweeted at me. I'm not going to repeat some of the stuff I saw on Twitter. Uh, The same old derogatory, bigoted stuff coming out of KU fans. Uh, And there's trash K-State fans too. But man, when when you beat KU in basketball, the the bigots and the trash that that cheer for KU just really love showing their whole ass for for the entire world to see. but 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 it is what it is. I I, I love it. I, I love this rivalry, especially in basketball. Like oh man, uh, absolutely amazing. So um, it it was, it was the perfect night. And look, look, I'm not. I am not going to. I'm not going to run my mouth too much because I look. I, I I'm not looking forward to the return match in Allen Fieldhouse. There there are some years. There have been some years. Where where K State, especially if K State gets the first one in Bramlage, I'm thinking to myself, okay, okay, maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year we get them twice. No, I'm not even going to pretend this year. Um, so I'm not going to run my mouth too much. But but it feels good. I love I love it. I love all the trash on Twitter. It it just it just it, it's amazing. It, it makes me laugh. Um, so I, I loved it. Um, apparently there was some stuff going on in, in the tunnel after the game between K-State assistant coaches and KU assistant coaches or some administration stuff, man. God, I, again, just the, there's something in the DNA of KU uh, when they lose. Some, like, it, it, drama follows them. That's all I'm going to say. Every time they lose on the road, something pops up. There's some sort of report of some sort of altercation between 
KU staff members and other staff members or KU staff members and and fans or KU players. The the drama follows KU, so what's the common denominator? It's KU coaching staff. Bill Self is one of the best coaches in the world, but he has a staff full of crybabies. He he should be in federal jail. I'm just kidding. Um, If my mom listens to this episode, she's going to roll her eyes at that one. But, but he whines. He, he is a petulant child anytime he loses. And his staff and his players uh, follow that lead. You know, that's the culture that he has. Um, so, yeah, that's all I have to say about, about that alleged uh, issue. Finally, uh, what does the next handful of weeks look like? And what needs to happen for this team not to... Um, not to let this win go to waste. Again, it's NCAA tournament or bust. There's no scenario in which I, I'm coming up with that the NIT is is a good good outcome. Look, we are five and five in Big Twelve play. I know Tang is saying nine and nine gets gets you in. I'm I'm not gonna feel good seeing how uh, look the USC loss is gonna end up being a quad three loss. The Oklahoma State game is going to be a quad three loss. Uh, we're not going to have a, a ton. We're not going to have as many quality wins as we probably would need to. You look at last year, uh, West Virginia going 7-11, and 11, and I think 1-1 one one in, in uh, Kansas City got them a nine seed. That's not going to be the case this year for K-State. It's just not. I, I think to feel safe, to feel safe, to feel good, that you're not going to have to go to Dayton and you're not going to be left out. I think this team needs to get to 10-8 and eight in Big 12 play, and I think they need to get one in Kansas City as well. Now, 9-9, nine and nine, I, I'm, I'm hoping will be okay, and, and I think you, you get a little bit of benefit of the doubt being in the Big 12. Um, and if you get the right wins, everything will be all right. Um, so you're currently sitting at five in five. Uh, you want to win five more. You get TCU at home on uh, the 17th. You get BYU at home on the 24th. You get West Virginia to close the month at home on the 26th. That need those need to be wins. You need to run the table at home. That needs to be three wins right there. Then you get Iowa State at home to close things off uh, on uh, September, not September, March 9th on a Saturday. There's your four wins. You then need to grab one road win at BYU, at Texas, at Cincinnati, or hell, if you want to, uh, shock the world, uh, you know, at Kansas on um, March 5th. You need to go five and three. Down the stretch here. You got eight games left. I think you need to go five and three down the stretch. And that's a tall order. That that truly is a tall order. Um, because, look, you're going on the road at BYU. They're, they're 21st in the nation. Um, ESPN Analytics has that 87.6% chance BYU is going to win. They shoot threes like crazy. Um, you know, they're, they're not they're – not, uh, you know, they're, they're capable of losing at home. You know, they lost at home to Houston. Um, 
They lost at home versus Cincinnati. So, again, it's not impossible to beat them, but it is going to be tough. You're going to be playing at atmosphere or at uh, altitude, playing a team that likes to shoot threes, tipping off at nine, so so the latest possible tip-off. Um, so it's going to be tough. But if you find a way to parlay that into a win, then all of a sudden you have that week off. You have... That's your bye week. Next week, we have that bye week. No midweek game. Then you get TCU at home on a Saturday. Already a sold-out crowd. All of a sudden, if you grab that road win, ranked win with BYU, and they are an analytics darling. They're like top 10 in net, top 10 in Ken Palm. Again, if you pull that off, all of a sudden... Your metrics are going through the roof. All of a sudden, bracketologists are going to be putting you in. And then you have that week off. And then you get that game at home with TCU. You get that game. You get yourself back to 7-5. and five. And my friends, all of a sudden, things will be feeling good. Even when you're having to go to Texas, who is starting to figure things out. But hey, we, we've won in that building before. Texas, weirdly enough, great on the road. Uh, kind of crappy at home. So that that could be a game that you get before you come back home for a Saturday uh, home game with BYU and then Monday with uh, West Virginia. And heck, uh, what, you have two more Monday games? Uh, so, so again, the Saturday-Monday uh, flip, we're getting, we're getting all the practice we need for that quick turnaround. So uh, they at least know how to turn around a game plan um, for all those. Uh, sadly... Uh, you do have to go to Texas for that next quick turnaround on the 19th. But, hey, I think they can do it. I think they can get it done. So, ultimately, I, I think 10-8 and eight needs to be the goal. I think you need to go 5-3 and three from here on out to feel safe. Uh, if you go 9-9, nine and nine, uh, you might need to do yourself a favor and grab two wins in Kansas City to, to be feeling like, hey, I have no anxiety. And a lot of it also has to do with what's going on around you. What does the bubble outlook look like? Uh, We'll dive way more into that as we get into March, as we uh, get out of February. Uh, But look, we still have, what, five big games in February to go, including two Saturday home games and a Monday 6 p.m. tip-off with West Virginia. So a lot of fun games. Um, I'll be looking forward to it. Absolutely massive. Um, Before we log off again, K-State women at home on Saturday hosting Oklahoma State 11-11. Oklahoma State again, hopefully a a win as we get closer. Maybe the final game before Aoka Lee's return. Fingers crossed. Um, I'm I'm going to be at that game at 4 p.m. So if you see me, say hi. Um, Stop by Manhattan Brewing Company. Make sure you have your Charlie Hustle. Um, so that's a big one. Uh, the women dropped to number eight in the AP poll, number seven in the coaches poll, half game behind Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma has a midweek game hosting TCU. I'm anticipating they win that one. I, I'd be shocked if, if TCU is able to pull that one off on the road. So we'll be going into um, the weekend a uh, game behind Oklahoma. Uh, who does West Virginia have? West Virginia has Texas Tech midweek, probably going to be tied with Tex or with West Virginia, and Texas has their off week, so you're gonna stay. Um, yeah, yeah, they have their off week, so you're gonna stay a 
uh, game up on Texas in the standings. So uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully a nice stress-free win on uh, Saturday over Oklahoma State for the women. Let's go for a sweep. Win over Oklahoma State, then a late night win over the Cougars, um, and then let's uh, let's let's see a uh, bit big win uh, for the Kansas City professional football team in the big game on Sunday as well. So that's all we have. Might have a guest for Friday, maybe. So stay tuned on that one. Um, we'll, we'll see if we can make that happen. Uh, no promises. So the chance there's a chance the next time you hear me will be on Wednesday, uh, but just 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 check on the uh, check on the podcast feed Friday and we'll see what we have. So that's all we have for Chauncey, the best dog in the world. My name is Scott. We love you guys and go Cats. It's time to get set for the cat attack. You can feel it coming on for Kansas State. The feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you wanna be with Kansas State. Come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State, our pride is with the cats. Kansas State, come on, join the cat attack. Kansas State, excitement's in the air. Podcast Network.